Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever you are in the world, whatever time it is, you are tuned in to the ABC7 Sports In Between the Lines podcast. I am yours truly, the X Factor, Xavier McKnight. And I'm James Hill. And we want to open up by saying Happy New Year and Happy 2024 to everybody. A new year, it's a chance for new opportunities, new blessings, new new everything. And, you know, we just want to wish everybody a safe, happy, healthy, and prosperous 2024, to say the least. Hoping that everybody had a wonderful holiday season to close out 2023. I know that I did. It was wonderful to be able to get out of Florida, get to Georgia, and see my family, get back to my roots there for a while. James, how about yourself? Definitely. You know, it's always good when you can look at those loved ones, look in the eyes, and see the people who brought you in, so to speak. Very special times, the holidays, and now we turn the page. Now it is 2024, and this will be a great year. Yes, absolutely. A great year personally, professionally, a great year for ABC7, a great year for the ABC7 sports team. Man, I mean, James, we've been at this thing officially for going close to six months now, and uh, man, it's been fun every single day. Anybody who comes up to me and they ask me you know how do you feel about all this you know um how are you enjoying this and I tell them all the same thing this is the most fun that I have had in my professional career thus far it's a blast it's uh very fun it's very exciting it's work but at the same time it's not work because we enjoy it uh but but yeah it's sports and uh, we love to tell stories here on the sun coast every day and we can't wait to get back out there to tell him more of those stories next week especially with school starting back up in both manatee and sarasota county next week but you know let's go back a little to uh last week of 2023 that we had i mean um you know we had some pretty notable stories on display james let's go ahead and start with your big story that you had on display charles lester the third another signing party officially committing to florida state university after some thought there could have been a flip there i definitely was one of them based off of a picture that we saw on social media but he is indeed going to florida state brought the whole family together at a local community center just to celebrate a remarkable accomplishment a very interesting young man uh, a character guy Uh, you're talking about a five-star student athlete cornerback Uh, As you know, it's well chronicled. He spent his senior season over at Venice. A lot of people remember him from the noise he made in his days at Riverview as a Ram. And he grew up in this community here in Sarasota. And he had a big to-do last summer when we went over to the Robert L. Taylor Community Center. And he was able to make his commitment to Florida State University. Now, as you recall, he had his final four that he had narrowed it down to, uh, Georgia, uh, Alabama, Florida State, and also Colorado with Coach Prime. And so everybody was intrigued to see if he would flip, so to speak, at the last minute. He decided to stay true to his commitment, uh, walked into the uh, Newtown Uh, gymnasium over at Newtown Estates. Uh, His family was there. Uh, He actually signed the document. I ran into Coach Joshua Smithers who was there. Uh, It was was a lot of people there who really cared about him, his family, his friends. A lot of the uh, notable athletes, student athletes from the area were there. Some guys, some familiar faces from Venice 
as well as some of the other schools in terms of uh, Booker High School and a lot of the guys here on the Sun Coast. Uh, so yeah, he was there. He signed his document and he immediately left uh, soon thereafter and went down to South Florida where he was able to join his team, uh, FSU, and work out with that football team. Uh, he did not see action uh, against uh, UGA, but he was there on the sidelines. And so now uh, those uh, early enrollees, those select gentlemen, uh, have signed their documents and they are making their way to campuses this week across America. The transfer portal is still busting through the seams. And uh, yeah, definitely very interesting times on the college gridiron. You look at Washington, you look at uh, Michigan, and uh, yeah, definitely uh, serious times uh, in college football. You mentioned that you saw Coach Smithers there at Riverview. That's uh, very interesting considering that I know that they were not very happy to lose that young man when they lost him. Um, you know, Did he say anything to you in particular? Basically, uh, the first per one of the first people I walked in and, and was able to notice was Coach. And so, so that what that said to me, and I, and I already knew this in my heart, uh, his coach actually cared about him and wanted to see what was best for him. And so I did talk with Coach Smithers, and he just talked about, I asked him about his development. And he said when the young fella came over to the school as a freshman, he saw something different in him. The work ethic, he was playing at a high level, and he was happy to see him make it and go off to school very interesting time and uh, life goes on uh, you know Riverview has to put a team together this year so does Venice uh, you know when we think about 2024 it's down the line but yeah Charles interesting guy and coach was happy for him that's fantastic to hear and speaking of putting a team together Charles was on display a few days ago at the Orange Bowl featuring Florida State and the University of Georgia so he was on tap, ladies and gentlemen, to see his future squad get absolutely demolished in the Orange Bowl. Now, it should be noted, and, you know, as a UGA fan, I'm more along the lines, James, of what Coach Kirby Smart, the head coach of the Bulldogs, had to say. I recognize the fact that Florida State had a lot of their starters who were not playing, including quarterback Jordan Travis, who suffered that horrific leg injury late in the regular season wishing him all the best hoping that recovery is going well for him but a lot of notable starters did not play in that game still did not exactly expect a 63 to 3 shellacking the way that that happened but I'm not going to sit here and look at that victory and say see the committee got it right folks the committee got it right Florida State definitely should have been in now look at what happened however what I will say is that for the Florida State players and Florida State alums and Florida State fans who are on social media talking right now about Alabama losing to Michigan, even though most of your starters, well, let me not say most of, let me say a good chunk of your important starters did not play in that Orange Bowl game, you still got beat by 60 points. And Alabama losing to Michigan in a Rose Bowl game that went into overtime does not mean that the committee got it wrong by saying that Florida State should have not been in the college football playoff. I mean, you all still you lost by 60 in a notable bowl game 
And I understand why players opt out of these bowl games. You have to protect your future. You have to protect your NFL future, your upcoming money that's coming with that. And Jalen Smith, great linebacker at the University of Notre Dame, linebacker for the Cowboys, the Giants, the Packers for some time. He ended up falling to the second round in a draft where he was slated to go top 10 because of a horrific knee injury that he suffered in a bowl game that he played in some years ago leading up to his draft. And he also ended up missing what would have been his rookie season as well. So I understand why they don't play in these bowl games per se, but you don't get to come out and talk tough after you lost by 60 points. I just want to go ahead and get that part off my chest. Yeah, very interesting conversation when you look at uh, Florida State. Uh, They're going through it, if you will, as they rebuild, remake. Uh, They have a good coach. Uh, They have a good program. Uh, 25 players, at least, opted out and did not dress and did not play against UGA. Now, UGA, you know all about the Bulldogs. They're hard to beat. Uh, You talk about a winning streak and a program. They've been the face of college football the last, let's say, three years, right? And going forward, uh, they're not a cakewalk. So when you look at Georgia, you know what they're all about. As far as Florida State, uh, it's time to retool, rebuild, uh, and bring some more players in there. They brought in that quarterback, uh, DJ, who just made his way over from Clemson. He knows the ACC. He went out to my neck of the woods out west. He went up to uh, Oregon State University, played with the Beavers for a year, and then all of a sudden now he is taking his talents into Tallahassee, which is interesting, very curious there. But then you look at just the fact that uh, Charles Lester III, a CL3, is coming in. Um, And and as you say, a lot of guys opt out, and they don't want to play on this big stage. A lot of guys back in the days could not wait to get to a bowl game to play in front of everybody. But times have changed. There's NIL. There's Transfer Portal. There's all these different moving parts. And uh, nobody knows the best way, but what we do know is what that final score said and uh, it was not pretty. No, not at all. But, you know, we're not going to continue to harp on that. I mean, we, you know, we've said our piece about it. And, you know, hopefully, you know, everybody can move on now and we can get a focus on what's going to happen next with the athletics program as a whole. We know about the battle right now with the ACC and the lawsuit right there. Spring football is coming up as far as spring camp. All of those great things. And also a focus on some more sports that are happening at Florida State right now, especially that women's basketball team. You know, hopefully, you know, more of the focus can go to that. And we're not harping so much on a decision that was made a little more than a month ago or a little before a month ago. Either way, it's been nearly 30 days since that decision was made. And, you know, hopefully now we have heard the last of that in terms of if Florida State got cheated or not. I mean, And we also should note that, yes, Alabama did lose to Michigan in the playoff. But, James, you'll remember this is exactly what I was talking about when I said why the committee made the decisions that they did. It's all about viewership. It's all about money. And we all sat there and we watched that Rose Bowl on Monday. If you did, and unless you are a hater, that was an absolute classic what happened on Monday Very good game. Uh, We talk about memorable moments all the time. And uh, going down the stretch, you know, they were just – it's a game of inches. They just didn't score. They were were there in the red zone. They had some opportunities. 
they couldn't get it done, you know. So uh, kudos and uh, hey, we move forward. But definitely, uh, Alabama had something to say. And as you know, they're always around every year. Uh, it didn't happen for them this time around, but uh, we move forward. And, you know, shout out to UW, University of Washington, and also uh, Michigan as uh, both of those teams will get it on, so to speak. And it's interesting because Washington will represent the PAC for the last time, and then they will be uh, part of the Big Ten as they move forward. And, uh, you know, the, the question remains, will they get it done and represent and close that chapter out for the PAC? Uh, Pac-10, Pac-12, uh, whatever you want to call it, uh, but the uh, Conference of Champions uh, will be no more, and uh, Washington uh, is on their way to the national championship game. It's definitely going to be an interesting game, to say the least. One of the things that I was sharing with a group of my friends on Monday night, James, was I'm interested in seeing what the ratings for this game is going to look like. If you're a diehard college football fan, you're going to tune in and you're going to understand what's going on here. The number one ranked Michigan Wolverines quarterback, J.J. McCarthy, fantastic running back and Blake Corum, of course, head coach Jim Harbaugh and that staff, the great team that they've put together. And then you look at the University of Washington with Heisman runner-up Michael Penix, that great cast of wide receivers, a defense that can get stops when they need to get stops. But if you're a casual fan, that's where the ratings thing really does come into play. Because one of the big reasons I picked Alabama and Texas to win on Monday, which I was wrong about, tough Southern physical football and I thought that that was going to be too much for that Michigan team I definitely thought it would be too much for that Washington team but I also thought Alabama and Texas for the national championship would be must see TV I mean we're talking about a minimum of at least 35 million people watching and I just don't know if that's what we can expect this upcoming Monday night or not but I expect it's going to be a great game nonetheless Definitely uh, SEC, Big Ten, right? Uh, Texas is moving over. Uh, Alabama's already there. That would have definitely been a classic. And then you look at Washington. They are taking their talents into the Big Ten, and then Washington and Michigan. And so you have both of these uh, super leagues, if you will, and all of these talented teams that will be playing and, hey, it is what it is. It's going to be some very good football. And, uh, yeah, definitely Texas. We'll see them again. The Longhorns brand is back with Steve. He's got that team playing well. They'll be back uh, in the SEC. And, obviously, Alabama, you'll see them again with, with Coach. Yeah, considering that this was a rebuilding year for Alabama, uh, that's pretty scary to think about. But speaking of teams to watch and teams to be on the lookout for, we got our own shows right here on the Sun Coast that we need to be looking out for. Big story I did last week about the Braden River boys basketball team. And, James, I was telling you before we departed for the holidays, you got to get out and see these guys play. Very fluent offense. They are very detail-oriented on defense. Coach Dwight Gilmer, he's in his second year as the lead man of that program. He's been coaching basketball overall, not at Braden River, but overall for the past 14 years. And he's really doing a nice job with that cast out there. I mean, you see them, they shoot the ball nice from three-point land. They have a good mid-range game. And they got some athletes on that team, too. They can get up and they can throw down the hammer on those dunks. Yeah, the Suncoast is an interesting place. Uh, you know, you get 
football, and then you also get your winter sports in, so you get basketball. So I was able to start stop by Riverview High School where they had the uh, Ram Jam, and this is a, a annual Christmas tournament right around the holiday times. And uh, the team came in uh, out of Cincinnati and won the whole thing. They had a young man who was going to Akron. Uh, but locally, uh, there was some pretty good ball clubs there, some pretty good teams there. Riverview is, uh, you know, a, a really good program. And especially when it comes to basketball, they pride themselves on playing good basketball as well. And uh, their coach, uh, Brandon Connect, and and the players that he has, they have a style of play that, you know, they want to get up and down. They want to shoot the ball well, make good passes, and get back and play good defense. Uh, they play well at home, and uh, they will be a team that we keep our eyes on. Uh, they will play uh, Booker uh, next week. And so basketball here on the Sun Coast will be a special time. Uh, also, I uh, had an opportunity to see uh, Sarasota High School uh, recently, and they're an interesting team. They can shoot the ball very well from the outside, and they're fast, and uh, they like to get up and down and run, run and gun, so to speak, but they're disciplined. They shoot the ball from outside, so if you don't defend them, they will hit a lot of three-pointers. Yeah, absolutely, and we and we have some girls teams who are also on display that you know we've had a nice time watching as well. The Riverview Lady Rams, Coach Perry, and the job he's doing over there with that program. You know, I'm just thankful that we're heading towards the heart of the season now. I believe it's going to be a lot more competitive with the games, as you know we've seen some blowouts as well. But I'm very thankful that we haven't seen a blowout to the tune of a team losing by 141 points. I mean. That's something that happened in the NCAA Division One, Grambling State University. Those ladies defeating the College of Biblical Studies, one hundred fifty-nine to eighteen. This happening on Tuesday, January the second. What a way to bring in the new year, huh? Losing by a hundred and forty-one points, which is now an NCAA Women's Division One record. My alma mater, Savannah State, actually held that previous record. James, I was on tap that night as a student doing color commentary for the game. They were playing Wesleyan College, and they beat them by 129 points that night. Um, <laughs> the commentary that night was very interesting, to say the least. But, you know, I'm just I'm happy that we're getting to the more competitive stretch of things because you're really going to start to see those rivalries come back out on display. And when you have rivalry games that are happening, you're usually not going to have teams that are coming out and losing by 30, 40, 50-plus points. What's interesting is is a hundred point victories. That's fascinating. I've been going to basketball games as long as I can remember, and I can remember being at and covering games where a team lost by fifty, but never a hundred points. You know, so one twenty nine, and and you know teams are upset if they lose by twelve or fifteen. So you can imagine the feeling that a team would have losing by over 100 points. Uh, recently, I covered a game to Soto at Booker High School. Booker had an opportunity to score over 100. You know, in the game, it, it, was a, it would have been a blowout, so to speak, but in the name of sportsmanship, they just decided to not try to run the score up on that team. And uh, when, whenever you have a team scoring over 100 points, beating a team by over 100, wow. You know, 
one of the games that I do remember is I remember seeing Larry Bird score 50 points against Portland. Uh, just killed him. And, and they asked him, hey, Bird, what, what was that about? He said, well, you know, I had to uh, go ahead and, and take – I'm paraphrasing. I had to do my job tonight, but I was actually saving – he actually did it with his offhand. So he said the next night he had to play the Lakers. So <laughs> Kersey had like 47 that night, and they went back and forth, back and forth. But it was Larry Bird. But, you know, just the fact that these teams – could score and beat somebody by over 100 or 129. Just incredible. I'm thinking about what you just said there. He did that with his off hand. <laughs> it just makes me just wonder here. When you talk about those GOAT conversations, and I hear about guys who grew up in the 80s and the late 70s and the early 90s, and they saw the birds and the magics. I'm not even going to mention Michael Jordan in this conversation, but those two guys in particular, when – See, when people bring them up in that all-time conversation, James, I don't even try to debate it just simply because I was not alive during that time period. But I'm a historian of the game just in terms of where the game was, where it is now. And I know that those two guys are arguably the two most important figures in the history of the league. I'll say this. Uh, for me, my infatuation and my love for basketball started probably when I had a bottle in my hand. Um for me, it's Michael Jordan, you know, but I do not discount I do not discount what LeBron James has been able to do because when you look at all of the categories, he's the all-time leading scorer. That right there alone, over 38,000 points, the championships, the winning with Miami, the winning in Cleveland, you know, the, the winning and, and, and moving around and doing all the things that he's been able to do uh, on the court and off the court. A lot of people feel like he's the GOAT. He's still playing. Like, like you can you can watch LeBron play right now. Um, you know, what, what Michael, what I saw him do <laughs> will probably never be done again. Uh, and I also had the opportunity, one of my favorites, is Kobe Bean Bryant, and God rest his soul. Uh, he was something different. He was that type of guy like Michael that, hey, I'm coming into the arena tonight uh, to do a job for a mission. I'm going to come in, and if I got to get 50, that's what I will do for this team to win. Uh, he was that guy. Um and if you didn't have on the Laker uniform, you probably didn't want to see him. He was that guy. Kobe, Kobe was uh, Kobe. He he was uh, a very interesting uh, player who was definitely missed. Uh, but then there's Mr. Russell, and then there's Abdul Jabbar, and there's all these other guys who their their resume can make a case for it. One of the guys, well, a lot of the guys, uh, especially older cousins, people I know from the 70s who grew up during that era, and even Jordan himself has also said this as well, one name that I don't hear enough of in my generation, and this is why I pride myself on making sure that I study the history of this game and where it's been, who are the forefathers of this game, who helped pave the way for where this game is now. I don't hear enough of anymore at this point Dr. J and why he's not in that conversation anymore. That was my guy. Um, I'll give you this. I still have his poster somewhere. 
Now it's put up. You know, I want to make sure it's it's put up. But but Dr. J, uh, when you talk about the evolution of these players, uh, Julia Serving, uh, then you look at a Michael Jordan, the Nike deal and the shoe deal, and you look at a lot of the guys at prototypes that came after that. A LeBron, even though he's a power forward type body, um, but I'm talking about high flying acts, Julius serving. But you can also get into the David Thompsons and the, um, you know, there's a lot of guys that could really jump and fly, so to speak. Uh, Clyde Drexler was a good player. Uh, but, but Dr. J, Julius serving, the doctor used to operate. All right, give you this real quick. So Lloyd Free played for the 76ers. He changed his name to World Be Free. And he said when he played for the Sixers, they would, before the game, that they, he said, man, we would get to cities and people would be so mad because they didn't get to the game early enough to see the layup line. He said, I'm not talking about the game, just the layup line because they had all this talent. And these guys were doing all these dunks. Um, you know, so it, it, it was just incredible. Um, all these guys, you know, uh, it was incredible. But Philadelphia 76ers had a lot of talent on that team. Um, Chocolate Thunder, Daryl Dawkins. Uh, they had all these players on that team. But Dr. J, they said the doctor would operate. Then you had Jordan. And you could not stop Michael because he was going to come to the arena and do whatever he wanted. And then you had Kobe. You, LeBron is, is so smart, he can play within the game and do what he wants to. Uh, some people say he doesn't have the killer assassin type mentality, but he picks teams apart. He's, you know, they say he, he could call out their plays in the game. You know, and, and and LeBron is, there will never be another LeBron James. So if, if you can, for everybody out there, if you get an opportunity to see this guy play, just incredible. He's on his way out. A lot of people want to see Bronny, his son, as well as LeBron play together next year, possibly, um, or at least against each other. Uh, you know, a lot of people are trying to figure out how they can play together or what that would look like. But, uh, yeah, the game of basketball, we love it. Uh, you know, you look at Mr. Russell, you know, more rings than fingers. What he was able to do in Boston, playing in flat Chuck Taylors on those hardwoods back in the day and all the things he had to endure uh, in our country with, with relations of human beings at that time. Um, just an incredible sport. You know, a lot of people have, say it has changed because now you have big men who are shooting three-pointers. Uh, what Curry has been able to do just to, to shoot all these long-distance shots. Back in the day, you couldn't do it. Coach would take you out of the game. If you did it, you better make it. But it, it wasn't a good shot. But... Uh, you know, Curry's been able to change the game, what they did at Golden State. Um, what a beautiful game. And they play it here on the Sun Coast. And, and before we get to the beautiful game that they play here on the Sun Coast, I, I got to say this, too, because I heard NBA legend Isaiah Thomas, Detroit Pistons legend Isaiah Thomas, say on a podcast some months back 
The person who really deserves credit for this three-point shooting evolution, yes, Steph is amazing. Clay is amazing. Coach Mark Jackson also deserves credit for this because he green-lighted those guys taking those shots. He green-lighted those guys being able to take those shots, make those shots, and also make it okay for you to miss those shots. Because like you said, I remember growing up in the 2000s, and if you saw guys shooting the ball too much from three-point land and they weren't making it, they got taken out of the game. And, and now you see, we watched the Houston Rockets in 2018 in Game 7 of the Western Conference Finals miss 27 straight threes, folks. They missed 27 three-pointers. Now, at one point, did anybody decide, hey, let's take this up a little bit more on the inside, shoot a mid-range? No. And that's something that you used to not see in games, per se. There used to be a time that teams would not even shoot 27 three-pointers in a game. And when I say a time, I'm not even talking too far back. I mean just as far back as 15 years ago. Yeah, now it's like the the three-point shot has changed. And shout-out to Mark Jackson, who obviously gave Golden State a different look, a different dimension. And many people feel like he should be a head coach right now. Uh, phenomenal broadcaster, phenomenal coach. Uh, many people feel like he set the tone for that Golden State team to get together and win that championship. And, uh, you know, he's he, he goes down in history, as you say, because he let them play that style of play. You know, and, and when you go back and listen, he'll say, hey, I've got these guys here. These guys are the best shooters in the world. And he kept saying that, and he was saying that. And then you started looking at Golden State, and then they started beating the Lakers. They started beating Houston. They started beating the Clippers and, and, and busting through to get to the championship. And, and CP3, Chris Paul gets hurt at Houston, and Golden State is able to win. And, and we know what they were able to do, the uh, all the victories they had and, and – it's, you know, basketball is a beautiful game. But uh, here on the Sun Coast, we have some good talent, some good teams here, and it's going to be interesting to see. I did have a look at IMG earlier in the, in the uh, as the season unfolded, and I'm going to go back to see them again. Uh, but, yeah, basketball is, is, is a game we, we really enjoy covering. Yes, absolutely. And, um, you know, wishing the best of – health and best fortunes to all of our teams here on the Sun Coast as they continue to go through the season going forward. We're coming, guys. We're going to see you very soon. Just want to go ahead and make that known. But we talked a lot about basketball here, but we had another big story that happened last week, too. One of those that you usually would not see on a newscast, but you never know what you're going to be able to find out and discover here on the Sun Coast. If you tuned in last Friday night, December 29th of 2023, you saw that we actually had a story about professional wrestling right here on ABC7. Universal Championship Wrestling, UCW, the UCW-verse, right here on the Sun Coast. They do shows in Palmetto at the Manatee County Fairgrounds. James, they're actually going to have shows starting next week at the Manatee County Fair. Uh, just... An awesome set of individuals from the owners to the talent. They put a show on display. I had an opportunity to go out to one of their big shows. And I got to tell you, for a small base promotion, they have a passionate fan base 
who is very dialed in and tuned into what is going on. They are invested into those storylines that are being put on to, on display. They are invested in those characters and those wrestlers that are coming out there. And they're appreciative of what these athletes are putting their bodies through. Because one of the big things that was revealed, and maybe some already knew this about professional wrestling, maybe they didn't. Those guys are out there competing in a ring that has steel wood and a little bit of padding other than that they are putting themselves in harm's way every time they go out there to that ring to entertain people so a very appreciative fan base in terms of that as well but man i, I just want to give a huge thank you to the owners of the promotion for sitting down with me and, you know, welcoming me to the show. And we look forward to continuing to do more stories with you guys going forward. You know, the fascinating thing about wrestling is people at home always want to know, okay, is that a ketchup bag? Is, is that real blood? Is this guy really in shape? Did he really break his back? Like, is he really going to jump out of the ring into the audience? Like they want to know, is it really real? Like, this guy, he, he says he looks like he's going to jump out of the ring onto a concrete floor and, and, and tackle this guy. Like, people are intrigued and fascinated by this. And uh, we look at some of the wrestling over the years in different parts of the country and, and some of the characters who have been a part of it. Great characters over the years. You know, great characters in a, in a really good sport. Uh, very interesting uh, going into 2024 and a new generation and there are quite a few wrestling legends right here on the southwest florida portion of things too i'm not sure how many are exactly in manatee sarasota county but there is a gentleman who resides or he has a shop in clearwater who is arguably the most famous professional wrestler of all time he's been controversial over the years for different reasons that we won't get into right now or on this platform mr hulk hogan so you know it, it is out there and i know that wrestling is a mixed bag as well james you have some who love it you you have some who don't you have some who understand that hey yeah even though this is all scripted and storyline these guys are putting their bodies through things you have others who will just flat out say this is fake but i can tell you right now what those athletes are putting their bodies through it is not fake at all and there's a big show that is coming big big show no pun intended because if you're a longtime wwe fan you know that paul white aka the big show was a big performer as a wwe superstar for a long time there he's now with all elite wrestling aew there's a big premium live event show that is happening later this month coming to the trop tropicana field in st petersburg and that is the wwe royal rumble event and all I can tell you folks is we look forward to being there or bringing you any coverage in any capacity if we can with the performers that are going to be there. I'm just going to throw some names out there for you guys. CM Punk's going to be there. The Rock could potentially be there. Roman Reigns is going to be there. Randy Orton's going to be there. This is an event where it's their second or third biggest show of the year. Obviously, WrestleMania is the big one. Then there's SummerSlam and there's Royal Rumble. You can flip-flop either one of those. You never know who's going to show up. And by these being their biggest events of the year, they're going to bring their absolute A-game. They've been doing a much better job with the product for the past year anyway, per se, just from a creative standpoint. But when it's 
when you're talking about the biggest shows of the year, you want to have moments that can be created that people are going to talk about for a very long time. So expect to see that at the Royal Rumble as well. And I can I can't tell you exactly what we're going to do here in terms of that. Just know that we are talking and we are planning and we plan on bringing you some more wrestling coverage very soon. Wrestling Rumble should be very exciting. Uh, you, you think about WrestleMania and you think about all these different events. And again, you can you can close your eyes and think about somebody climbing up on on the ropes and somebody else kind of hurt or, or laying there on the canvas. And then that person jumps down and at the last second, <laughs> the person laying there in agony and pain, they turn over out of the way. And then they fall. Boom! You know, it's just very fascinating. But, but yeah, wrestling uh, is, has definitely been special over the years. No, absolutely. I mean, and before we get out of here, I got to just bring this in to show people just how much this really means to people. The nostalgic moments that this can create when certain people come back and they get what we call pops in the wrestling business. Like fans going absolutely crazy and berserk with excitement. One that was on display right just a couple of months ago at the Survivor Series premium live event was the return of a CM Punk who, you know, had a controversial exit from the WWE nearly or right around 10 years ago. And many of us thought that he would not return. But one of the things that's always been said about professional wrestling is you never say never. You never know when the moment could come up for certain people to come back. And I mean, just looking forward to what we could potentially get out of this Royal Rumble event, just in terms of excitement, the fans that we look forward to meeting with, the people in the community we look forward to seeing. You know, we want to know, like, why is this so important to you? Why do you care about it so much? What does it mean to have the Royal Rumble coming pretty close to your own backyard? Yeah, people love these type of events and, and definitely uh, they will definitely answer why it's so important but people really really get after it and they really enjoy it and these are memories of a lifetime you know you think about wrestlemania you think about all these different super talents over the years uh, hulk hogan and all of these type of major major uh contributors who have been a part of it so just a special time and it should be very interesting as we continue to get into 2024 and on that note folks we're going to close this one out but we'll be back very soon with another episode of the in between the lines podcast right here on abc7 once again happy new year to everyone happy 2024 let's get out there hey that number 24 and we were just talking about him earlier kobe bean bryant god rest his soul you know Let's make this the year about the Mamba mentality. We can do anything that we put our minds to and we're willing to work for. Definitely. Let's go. I am the X Factor Xavier McKnight. And I'm James Hill. We'll see you next time.